You are listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. Awaken Church is a diverse community of authentic love and hope where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. I've had some big dreams in my life. Maybe you have too. And I'm not talking about the kind of dreams where you go to sleep and you you dream in a dream state. I'm talking about, you know, visions for your future, the, you know, the things that like you dream big about happening in your life or with your life. And I mean, Awaken Church is here and this is, you know, the first weekend of October. This is the the like the anniversary of when we launched in 2017 here at at, uh, at Parkway Cinema, the movie theater in Natchitoches. And uh, you know, this is that that weekend where I'm just like, wow, we have, it was a big dream that got us here and we continue to dream big to go forward. Yeah, I've always had like a big dreams. So maybe I'm just a dreamer at heart. <laughs> uh, man, I've, man, I was young. I, could, I remember as a kid. And a teenager just dreaming of my big dreams are being famous, like like always dreaming of performing or entertaining or, you know, if it was you know playing football or if it was being a professional wrestler or even a rock star, like these big dreams of performing and entertaining in some way. And then then I we all got married and Shelly and I got married and and there were still some big dreams and there were still some big dreams of being famous once when Shelly and I were married. That was just, you know, young and that was just for me, that was like part of the dream. For some reason, fame, popularity, I don't know, but 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 that was it. And then we had kids. We started having kids. First we had Christian, and then later on, over a decade later, came Jericho, and then a year later came Niall, these three boys who just absolutely changed our lives for the better and you know when you have kids you know what you have you have big dreams for your kids you have big dreams for your children you and you pray for big things for their lives and 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 years later you're praying lord help me not kill these kids <laughs> you have having big dreams will lead you to pray and now you know i'll go somewhere and and i'll say oh you're you oh you're you're nile's dad and that's when i hear quite a bit it seems like a a, a lot of folks know nile and I say, oh you're jericho's dad or, or even you know uh, you're oh you're christian's dad i know yeah uh, yeah you're christian's dad and it turns out i made it i'm famous now i'm i'm christian and jericho and nile's dad so i've made it i'm famous <laughs> what what did you dream about when you were a kid or maybe what do you dream about now? What what did you what did you dream about being or doing when you grew up? And what are you dreaming about being and doing now? Today we're we're kicking off this series that will take us through this this month of October. We're we're calling this big a uh, dream big stay grounded. Dream big stay grounded. And so the idea is we all have a big dream, right? So so how do we stay grounded as we pursue those big dreams? And and how can we uh, how can we see that that God is here to help us with this? And so we're going to go to a, a, a story in Genesis. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to grab that Bible, open it up, or flip the the uh, the app on your phone onto the Bible app, and and join me in Genesis fifteen. Now we're going to read a story about Abram, uh, you, Abraham, and you may know him as Abraham and his wife Sarah. At at the time of we're going to read the story, their names were Abram and Sarai, and uh, their names were changed by God, and their names had they were changed because they had a specific meaning. And we can talk about that as we go. Um, but we, we're going to be in Genesis 15. But but just give me the backstory in Genesis 12. God awakens a big dream in the life of Abram, 
and, and his wife Sarai. And he's saying, I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others, and all the families on earth will be blessed through you. That's that's like the dream. And God says, God says, I'm this is the big dream, and this is this is like the purpose for you. And your name will be even be changed to Abraham, which means father of many nations, father of many, father of nations. And so you will have a son and you will have many sons and daughters. And so Abram and Sarai, they were they're they're like, this is the big dream to have a child and specifically to have a son. And they're like, guess what? They're like 80, <laughs> you know, they're like 80. Well, you know, Shelly and I were in our, in our four late for her late thirties and early forties. And I was in my early forties when Jericho and now were born. And that was like, Oh, that was a stretch, but to be in your eighties, I can't even imagine. So let's pick up. This is where we are in, in Genesis 15 verse one. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision and said to him, don't be afraid, Abram, for I will protect you and, and your reward will be great. But Abram replied, O sovereign Lord, what good are all your blessings when I don't even have a son? Since you've given me no children, Eliezer of Damascus, a servant in my household, will inherit all my wealth. You have given me no descendants of my own, so so one of my servants will be my heir. And the Lord said to him, No, your servant will not be your heir, for you will have a son of your own who will be your heir. Then the Lord took Abram outside and said to him, Look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. That's how many descendants you will have. And Abram believed the Lord, and the Lord counted him as righteous because of his faith. So we're going to dig deeper into this part of of Abram's story in this conversation with God. But here's our big idea. God can take your dreams and make them into something greater than you ever imagined. God can take your dreams and make them into something greater than you ever imagined. Now, there's a few thoughts that kind of this this big idea kind of kind of leads us to when it comes to these these dreams. And the first one is this, that sometimes we have unfulfilled expectations and unfulfilled expectations can lead to great disappointment. Get that? Unfulfilled expectations can lead to great disappointment. My first uh they call it assignment, my first assignment or my first job as a, a full-time in-church ministry work. Um, was being a youth pastor at, at, a, at a great church in Tulsa with a, with a great lead pastor. And it was a, it was a fantastic time uh, for me. Five and a half, actually about six years of being there. Uh, it, with that, with that church and that congregation, and that youth pastor, when we started, and I had this big dream because we started, and they, you know, when I came on staff, we had like eight students that were part of the the middle school and high school's uh, ministry, and um, I just start as I started like getting to know these these students and their family and the church and the community, I just began to dream. And for some, I don't know, I, I'm not a big put a number on it guy, but for some reason, I just had this big dream that we would uh, we would become. Uh, a, a youth ministry, a church with a youth ministry that reaches 150 students and their families. And that was a big dream. That was, that was a huge dream. And I just began to pray about that and just felt that. And I didn't really like say that to many people. I wrote it in my journal. Didn't really tell people, hey, we're going to have 150. And we had like eight. Uh, but that was it. And that, you know, when time to came and we left, now, again, we had some, some exponential growth through that. And it was this because, you know, what, what we did was we met together, we worshiped. I taught Jesus from the scriptures and the, the students invited their friends. 
And, and they, they enjoyed it. Yeah, we had some fun, and we did some of that crazy stuff you do in youth ministry. But ultimately, it was worship. It was worship and the Word. And they were inviting their friends. That's the key, guys, by the way. They got it. You invite a friend, and that's that's where like the growth happens. And... And, and 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 within like the like five years, we had grown to like fifty. There's like fifty coming on Wednesdays, and these are kids who were unchurched, kids whose families maybe went to a different church, and they would even go to go to church with their families on Sundays. But on Wednesdays, they would come. They would be part of our our, our Wednesday youth worship. And when it came came time for me to leave. Um, and I had some disappointment that I never saw that 150 and it was just, it was just kind of there. It was kind of hanging there. And so after a, you know, a week or two of reflection and kind of thinking back, I had actually kept, um, we had like a role, like you signed in. And once you came, uh, once you came, uh, several times, I, I don't even remember now, but, but we had like a sign with your name on it in alphabetical order and you could just come in and circle your name. And this was a great way to track attendance and kids could say, Hey, I belong here. I'm, I'm on the list. Like I, I get, yeah, I'm I, people would say, are you on the list? It's like, yeah. And then you would come with your friend and friend would say, Hey, we're going to add you to the list. And the next time you come, you just come in and circle your name. You're, you're in. And so it kind of had this feeling to it. Like you belong to something special and they, and, and they did you, it was not the youth group, but it was the church. It was the family of God that, that they were belonging to. This is kind of a neat way to do it. And I pulled that out, those out. Uh, and I had several years of these, right? of these names and I got to going through it and over time and graduation and students who had come and, and, and plug, not just come one time, but had plugged in. And I, and I started like, just to kind of see, well, you know, if you, if you add all this up, how, you know, how close was it to 150? It was 150 exactly. And that's, this is one of those, those moments for me. It's just like, there's just like a, a peace that came over me, a joy that came over me. It's like, it's okay to dream big and it may not look like you think it's going to look. And you may have to wrestle with the fact that unfilled expectations can lead to great disappointment. How do you deal with disappointment? Abram was in his tent of unfilled expectations, dealing with disappointment of, of not having a child yet. And the big dream is father of many nations. And he's not even the father of one child. So Abram even expresses his disappointment, although, although God's definitely blessed him. God's definitely blessed him. And he says, what good are your blessings, God? What good is all this when I don't even have a son to share it with? I have no child to pass these blessings on to. So someone else, not even related to me, will get them. What's the point? He had so much disappointment. He was so blessed, but he had so much disappointment in it because of his unfilled expectations that he was like, what's the point? We've been there, right? After disappointment, after disappointment, we often wonder, God, where are you? So you, you thought you would be further along by now, and you're not. You, you thought you had that scholarship on the lock, and you didn't get it. You, you killed that interview, and you just knew you had the job, but, but they went a, a different direction. You, you were excited because all the indications were, this is our year. And then the saints just have another mediocre year. And you will say, who dat? But everyone can hear the disappointment in your voice. You feel me? Even in our faith life, we can feel this. We can, we can feel this. You, you've prayed for that friend or that loved one. You've prayed for that, that thing to change. And you pray for that, that person you care about to awaken to, to life in Jesus. And they seem to just go further and further away from God. 
Disappointment happens. It's, it's going to happen. Some big, some small. What can we do to deal with our disappointment in a healthy way? Well, there's, there's a couple of ways to deal with our disappointment. I'm, I'm going to hit these real quick. Number one, talk to someone. Talk to someone. You need to feel you need to feel the disappointment and let it out, but let it out in a healthy way. That may not mean social media. Letting your disappointment out in a healthy way may not mean social media. Instead, talk to someone who loves you, who has your best interest at heart, and someone who will listen. Talking about it helps gain perspective. Talking about it will helps you gain perspective. And and another way I want you to think about how to deal with disappointment is monitor your self-talk. Monitor how you talk to yourself. What I mean is be aware, excuse me, and be careful of what you're saying to yourself. Because disappointment can make us all feel like a failure. Well, now this happened and I can't do this anymore. Or something like, you know, I'm I'm never going to make it. Or I'm just stuck. I'm stuck here. None of this helps. Nor is it true. There's nothing wrong with owning the feeling of disappointment, looking in the mirror and telling yourself, I'm disappointed in myself with how I'm disappointed with how this turned out, but I'm not a failure. And then taking a deep breath and then looking yourself in the mirror and say, okay, let's go. Let's go. Unfulfilled expectations can lead to great disappointment. And sometimes the longer the wait, the lower the expectations, the longer the wait for it to happen, The longer the wait for the big dream, the lower our expectations can be. It's like uh, I I saw a meme that said uh, 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 the manager says, I expect more from you. And then as employee, you say, lower your expectations. (laughs) Right. Uh, Another another thing says lower low expectations means everyone's happy. Like if you just lower the bar, then you can be happy. Or another one says can't disappoint yourself if you have low expectations. Are these true? I mean, are you really happier with lower expectations? How, 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 do we, how do we do this? How do we lower our expectations in life? Genesis 15, it starts with some time later. Sometime later, the Lord spoke to Abram in a vision. And I, I've read that some scholars, they say that sometime later is actually indicating that at least a decade had passed. Sometime later, like 10 years later, God is like Abram. You will be the father of many nations. You and Sarai will have a son. And then it's like 10 years later. 10 years later. <laughs> and what does Abram do? He starts to lower his expectations. He's ready, he's ready to settle. He is. He's ready to settle. He's like, since you've given me no children, a servant in my household will inherit everything. Abram's like 80 years old. He's been waiting a decade to see you know, the big dream become a reality. And he's tired, right? I mean, it's been a decade and he's tired of waiting. So he just lowers the expectations. He, he settles. When, when, when things don't happen as we thought they would, we can find ourselves like Abram and saying, okay, God, I'll just take this. This is for those who may feel like you're just settling in life, especially when it comes to your spiritual life. Maybe, maybe you've believed God for some amazing things and then life changed and things went a different way. So you began to settle. Like, like God does these amazing things for other people, but you, you, you just settle for the consolation prize. When we settle for the best we can do, we miss out on the best God can do. And I believe, I believe we need to dream again and dream big. God, God, God gets excited when we dream big. Because here's the thing. It takes no faith in what God can do to settle for what we can do. 
It takes no faith in what God can do to settle for what we can do. Instead of letting disappointment, because it's taking too long, make you settle your lower expectations, keep the faith to dream big. God doesn't want to simply meet your expectations, but to exceed them. Make this your meditation. God doesn't want to simply meet your expectations, but to exceed them. I'll tell you this story. It's actually a story that Jesus told. It's in Matthew 13. Matthew 13 and verse 3, Jesus says this story. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seeds. As he scattered them across the field, some seeds fell on the footpath and the birds came and ate them. Other seeds fell on, on shallow soil with underlying rock. These seeds sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plants soon wilted under the hot sun, and since they didn't have deep roots, they died. Other seeds fell among thorns and grew up and choked out the tender plants. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. You see, you have no idea what God can do, what God might do with a small seed of faith. Years ago, uh, Shelly and I were, this is pre-children. <laughs> this is actually pre-degree pre, uh, for me, pre, pre-seminary. And we were attending a church in Bozier City, Bozier City Church of God. And the name is different now. It's still the same same church, but a different name. And uh, there was Sharon Mock. And Sharon Mock was the, the youth leader. And I was a young adult. And she was like, Stephen, why don't you come in and help me work with these these youth? And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Come into Sunday school class and sit in and add to the discussion. And Wednesday nights, help, help uh, do stuff with the youth and stuff. And it was great. And I, I was feeling it. And God was at work in my life. But I didn't really see it yet. And she was like, and, and, and she's like, Stephen, why don't you teach this? Like she would have this lesson. Why don't you take this lesson and, and teach it? Why don't you teach, uh, you know, we have this subject. Come on. Why don't you talk about this subject? See, she was planting a seed. See, I, I, I didn't see it. I didn't know it. But she was planting a seed in this, in this tiny seed of faith that Sharon planted in me has grown. And it's, and it's begun to create a harvest. And there's, there's people who have heard the gospel. Because she planted a seed in my life. There's there a church called Awaken Church in Natchitoches, Louisiana. A church where you can belong as you change and change as you follow Jesus. Because someone planted a small seed of faith in my life. A part of this, this harvest is the seeds of faith planted into the lives of others. When, when a seed is planted, God takes time to bring the growth. Okay? When a seed is planted, God takes time to bring the growth. And, and in life and in faith, we tend to think in terms of addition. Like we want to add this, add that, add this to my life, add this to my life, add that. Sprinkle a little Jesus on it. But God works in terms of multiplication. We dream in addition. God, we want to add this to our lives. And God loves to multiply. We dream in addition. God loves to multiply. Jesus says a seed doesn't just produce another seed. A seed produces a crop. We have no idea what a seed of faith can do in the hands of God. Like a seed planted in the ground, we don't see it spring up right away. It takes time to develop. Maybe you've been praying, God, do this. And you're fairly certain that it's God's will. And you don't see it happen right away. Just because you don't see 
anything happening doesn't mean God isn't doing something, okay? Just because you don't see anything happening doesn't mean God isn't doing something. Back to Abram. Where's Abram? He's in his tent. In the limited view of his tent, Abram says, I don't see the promise. I can't see, I don't see the big dream being fulfilled. All he's all I see is the tent. This eight foot ceiling. His vision is blocked by this eight foot ceiling. And inside the tent there's limited vision. You can't see beyond the ceiling. Then God took Abram outside. I love this. This is one of my favorite parts in the entire Bible. God says, come outside. He takes Abram outside. And God says, I want to take you outside of your tent. I want to take you outside of your limited view. I want to give you a new perspective. I want to show you the stars. And God, God, how can I bring you doubt when you bring me the sky? That's my thought when I look up at the stars. God, how can I bring you doubt when you bring me the sky? Abram is is thinking about a son. God's thinking about nations. In Galatians 3.29, it says, Now that you belong to Christ, you are true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. This is not about the physical bloodline of Abraham. This is about you and I. This is about not people who are of Israeli or or Jewish descent, but this is about you and I who are in Christ. Now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are the heirs and God's promise to Abraham belong to you. You are the stars. If you're a follower of Jesus, you are the stars that God showed Abram. You and I are Abraham's seed. And when Abraham's expectation is a son, God was thinking about you and me. And when Abram said, I don't see it, God took him outside and said, this is what I see. Look up at the sky. This is what I see. You may be praying about something and you don't see God doing anything. But but one prayer is a small seed of faith and it has unlimited potential. One seed of faith can change things if we put it in the hands of Jesus. Never measure the, never measure the unlimited power of God by your limited view. Never. Never measure the unlimited power of God by your limited view. I believe this. I believe it. You're, you're praying and you're waiting, but you're sometime later. Your sometime later is coming. God can take your dreams and make them into something greater than you ever imagined. So I want to encourage you to take this next step. And, 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 and talk to someone you trust about these things. Maybe it's a, a spouse or a good friend or a parent or a grandparent, a pastor, a counselor, a professor. Talk to someone you trust about your big dreams. And if you've experienced disappointment, talk to someone about the disappointment. Talk about your big dreams and the disappointment. And talk to them about any lowered expectations. Like, I feel like maybe I've lowered my expectations here. And maybe it's time to dream big again. I think it is. I believe it is. God, it's time for us to dream big. And yes, stay grounded. Stay grounded with our faith in you. Stay grounded in, in, in uh, the reality of who you are, not what we can do, but what you are able to do, which is immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. So Lord, for those of us who are in a tent right now and our view is limited and we and the big dream seems like it's never going to happen and maybe we're just discouraged maybe we're just ready to quit maybe we settled and we lowered our expectations and lord take us outside of our limited view 
Show us the stars that, Lord, you've got us. We may not, it may not look like how we think or whatever, but, Lord, your, your dream for us is much more than we can see in our limited view. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Awaken Natchitoches podcast. It's our hope that you have been encouraged by today's message. Find out more about Awaken Church at awakenla.church or find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Awaken Church LA.